Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock, and at Sunday at 6 o'clock we always have People of Note. In it I talk to someone who is just that and we listen to music of their choice. And my guest in tonight's program is a voice that you hear if you listen to Classic 1027. You hear it here and there. Her name is Shireen Hollier. Welcome. Thank you, Richard. How do you describe yourself? Broadcaster? Actress? What? Tell, tell us what you are. I think generally I would think entertainer. That's always been something that I love doing. So any aspect of it, whether I'm singing, whether I'm acting, whether I'm directing and telling other people what to do, which I love doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it all fits into the realm of entertainer. And even on the radio, you're yes, an entertainer. Absolutely. Yeah. How long have you been here now? Um, coming up for, it'll be a year in, in May. Yeah. So, so people are used to your voice, but you haven't actually been on this program to tell us all about the person behind Shireen Hollier. <laughs> so we're going to hear all about that. Where did you come from? Where, where's your home? So I grew up in the lovely town of Voortrekker Hoogte in Pretoria. My dad was in the army. Um, grew up in a very big family. My, I had uh, four siblings, two brothers and two sisters, and my mom and dad who were incredibly musical. Um, we used to do impromptu soirees very often. My mom was at a, home. Yeah, at yeah. home. My mom was an organist. My dad was a brilliant harmonica player um, and mouth organist. You know the, the, yeah, the yeah. ones where you could hit the. You had a bass on the. Make on it the vibrate. Mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we just grew up listening to music. My mom always bought us records, uh, all the Disney film tracks we, we got. And we just grew up listening to that music and singing and playing. When we didn't have anything to do, we played going for a song where you had to stop on a word and someone else in the family had to sing and, you know, start a song with the word. Um, my brother, very good organist as well. He learned and he, he taught himself on my mom's organ, <laughs> which was quite sacred, and used to play the doors and Jethro Tull music. And the rest of us all played guitar and sang. So we, we were sort of the, the Fortracker Huerta version of the Hollies. We were the Holliers. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that's often how these things start. And then children make theater at homes. And, uh, you know, I can remember acting things out at home. And, and Absolutely. Yeah, such fun. Being an actor, yeah. No, it is fun, and that's where it all starts. And your first choice is uh, Jerry Bock, Sunrise, Sunset. Okay, so that was Sunrise, Sunset from the movie Fiddler on the Roof. And um, it was one of the films my mom and dad projected onto the lounge wall <laughs> in the days that you did that. And, um, yes, my sister and I played... Fiddler on the Roof for weeks after that. We were the sisters gathering rice in the fields. And that really is how, how the whole theatrical side of my being came, came into being, as it were, because we just continued with the stories that we watched or the, the films or the stories that my mom told me. And you learned the scripts off by heart. Absolutely. I yeah. don't remember them anymore because yeah. it's a few years I, later. I do remember I had a friend at university who could quote like whole movies yep. by memory. I mean, he must have seen them, I don't know how many times. Well, you did, because he didn't have anything else yeah, to do. <laughs> yeah. He really did. Uh, um, Richard Fitzwilliam, he could talk the hind leg off a donkey and literally quote chunks, reams Absolutely. of movie scripts. Such fun. Unbelievable. Such fun. Yeah. And obviously, you, you were, are you something of a movie buff yourself? I'm not really. I'm a reader. Yeah. So I tend to read the story and then very often, so often disappointed with what the script writers do with the movie. 
But um, we were watching 1984 the other day. We're now rereading all the stories that we can't remember anymore. Um, and certainly those movies people stuck to what the story was about. You know, now the scriptwriter comes in and adapts so much that very often, I watched My Sister's Keeper, and they, they changed the entire story at the end, and it was just so disappointing. So not really a movie buff. I, more singing, music, I love listening to that, and I'd rather read the book. But you're also involved in, or have been involved in theatre and singing yourself. Yep. And you were a, a member of Cut Glass. Yes, so... Um, Interesting story that I, I trained, I studied drama, met my husband there, um, and we just uh, obviously moved into theatre, whichever plays were available. And one of the stories, uh, the plays that I was in, or the, the pieces that I was in, was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor. Just before you go there, where did you train? At the Pretoria University. Okay. Uh, no, 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 I wasn't, just ignore that. <laughs> the Pretoria, uh, it was now called the Chwani University of Technology. I was at the Pretoria Tech. Yeah. We worked quite, quite a lot with the Pretoria Varsity drama students as well, so Liz May those people were our contemporaries. Um, but yeah, the Technicon was a wonderful, wonderful training ground. Well, and it's turned out a lot of people who are fantastic. Absolutely. You know, the difference, Richard, for me was going to, um, at that stage in my life, I wasn't really interested in academics. I'm much more interested in that now. But I wanted to do the, practic the practical side of drama. And literally, we walked in, and the first day we got scripts, and we were told that we would be at rehearsals. I had to phone my dad, because I took the bus to, to the tech, and say, I'm only going to finish at 10 o'clock. And we did, our we did our makeup in front of the mirrors in the Breitenbach Theatre. We did our monologues on the stage. So it was just fame and so much more. <laughs> well, and here comes the Pink Panther. That was the Buscade Soweto String Ensemble under Rosemary Norden playing the Pink Panther by Henry Mancini. Or Mancini. Which do you say? <laughs> I uh, say Mancini. Mancini, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. always said Mancini. Yeah. But you hear people say Mancini. Yeah. And of course, we have to be careful what we say now on radio. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, there's, a, there's a wonderful site that you can actually listen to how it's pronounced in the, the mother tongue. And then I learn that over and over to try to make sure that I'm saying it correctly. Yeah. Uh, and actually, it's, it's very interesting how these things uh, grow up and change uh, because... Um, so much in radio has changed over the years. And if you listen to, uh, let's say, the BBC at all, the pronunciation is completely different now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Where at one time there were books. I remember seeing books at the SABC of how to pronounce things. Yep. A sort of BBC yeah. guide yeah. to pronunciation. Yeah. And very little of that now happens anymore. No. I, mean, I grew up as well listening to Springbok Radio. So those stories and the, oh, just took you on the most fantastic trips in your imagination, which was brilliant. So you love stories. I do. Yeah. I do. My, my husband is a script writer, so that also helps. <laughs> okay. So, so you're, both, you're still a sort of theatrical family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we have um, our little boy um, has just joined the Drakensberg Boys Choir. It's his second year, so he's very much the entertainer. Uh, we rested for 10 years between our children, and we started quite late with the first one. So our daughter's just finished her, her honors degree, and she's not interested in performing at all, but is such a good public speaker. So I think the main thing, and, and one of my neighbors was saying, why are your children so confident? I think that that's just part of the territory. You know, they see you interacting with people and performing on stage, so they just think that that's what's expected of them, and yep. they do it. Yeah, and it works like that in my family too. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, here come the five Browns with Rhapsody in Blue.
That's a version of Rhapsody in Blue by the Five Browns, the original, of course, by George Gershwin. And we were talking about adaptations and changing fashions. Uh, I wonder how many hundreds of different versions there are of Rhapsody in Blue. Must be, must be thousands. And I always think, imagine being the composer. Imagine being Bach and listening to someone doing a rendition with electric instruments. And I just think that those people must have been would have been amazed if they could have heard it. And yeah. just the fact that their music's still continuing. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and the Gershwin Trust or the Gershwin family estate must be doing well out of all oh, this. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're not complaining at all. Well, my dad used to play that on the, on the mouth organ. Absolutely really? beautifully. And even the Pink Panther I chose because my brother used to play that for us the whole time on the organ. Yeah. So they're all pieces that, that are so entrenched in my psyche. And just tell us about the group that you played uh, in a Cut Glass or that you sang in. Yeah. That was, because you, you, we touched on it when you mentioned Joseph. Yeah. So um, we were all performers, um, some singers, some people had come from choral backgrounds, some people were actresses. I just auditioned because I always loved the show. And it was actually, I think it was the 25th anniversary um, production of Joseph. And when we opened, we opened in the State Theatre, which is a very big stage, then moved to the Alexander Theatre, which is not such a big stage. So sometimes you were in the wings because they didn't change the set. You know, so if you knew someone was coming to watch you, you'd say, could I be on the stage? <laughs> but um, because it was such a long run, it was nine months. And we just, obviously, we had been chosen because we had specific voices, which blended well, and just started singing together in the dressing room because it's just such a, it's a lovely show. Um, then on the way to Pretoria, we would rehearse and practice songs and say, what about if we did a show? And one of the girls, Annie Harvey, was actually working at a restaurant, which was looking for a musical act. So she booked us promptly. We didn't have any kind of repertoire. We never had costumes. We actually stitched the dresses while we were rehearsing the last few harmonies. The only people that came to see us were our boyfriends and our husbands. Nobody else knew who Cut Glass was. Um, but yeah, that's where it all started. And where did the name come from? Oh, this was another story because the brothers, the 12 brothers who were the stars in Joseph, all came with different ideas. Every day we'd have different names. You know, they'd say syncopation, which ended up being the name of one of the albums. Um, someone said mango groove. Oh, no, it's been used already. You know, so it was just carried on and on and on. And whether it was just that they were so sick and tired of us choosing names, one day someone, I don't even remember who it was, said, what about cut glass? And the entire bus said, Yes, that is the name that you're going with. So that's how the name came about. Oh, amazing. Well, I think we should listen to some cut glass now. Uh, this song is called Rum and Coca-Cola. That was you. <laughs> that was indeed me. I did lots of the drums in those days. Um, we prided ourselves on the fact that nothing was actually a, an instrument. Everything was made in our bodies. So sometimes you were using body perks. Sometimes you were just doing it or whatever it was. And sometimes you would jump into the harmony. And at one stage, it became quite fashionable for us to perform at the, the there's something called the SARS, which the Afrikaans universities have, where the, the boys go and serenade the girls. And um, they would ask us if they could sing one of our songs. And when we tried to notate it, it was so difficult because you would be, sometimes you'd be singing, I mean, I'm the alto, and sometimes I'd be singing the, the, the highest harmony and then jumping into a percussion. So, it, um, yeah, I think that's what made it interesting as well. It wasn't a predictable sound ever. And how long did that group go on? Um, they continued. I left in about 2001 because I had children and uh, that was starting to interfere a little bit. But when I left, it had been going for 14 years. Um, we have done a 25th reunion, 
which was quite nice. Um, and yeah, possibly still in the cards to do another one. Yeah. We may have to come on with Zimmer frames at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting, some of those people who were in Cut Glass, uh, Karen Mehring is now someone important at CakeNet. Yes, she's, yes. Uh, she's the head of programming, I yeah. think, might be. And, and Bondina runs a theatre. Yes, she runs the Ode Libertas Amphitheatre, which yes. is just the most wonderful theatre to perform in. And it we is. actually used to perform there. So okay. that was, I mean, you're under the stars in the winelands and there's still chameleons on the trees. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. And obviously when you have your break, you can have a glass of wine. You can. Which is quite nice. And should. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very good for the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's part of your, your history. And uh, what about on the on the acting side acting side I, I did um, when I finished studying I did quite a lot of packed play work in the days that you had uh, those unions well, not going to unions but they were um, groups that created entertainment for younger actors um, and we toured schools and did the Shakespeare's and the all the the set works for them which was absolutely wonderful then from there I moved into a company called Out of the Box the uh, Theatre which did um, sort of more social skills for children and then again I could start writing songs for those shows which was lovely. Moved on to directing them. Since then I've done, I do the odd TV thing. I'm not really a TV actress. I like to immediately know whether people like what I'm doing or not so that I can adapt it. Nothing worse than watching yourself on screen and thinking why didn't I just do it in a different way? You know, sort of months later it's too late. You can't do anything. Um, married to Jürgen, who is an actor, a film actor, and understands that medium just so much better than I do. He's brilliant. He's a very, very good film actor. Yeah. And where do the Holly... What was your maiden name? My maiden name is Hollier. Oh, it is Hollier. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you can tell us where the Holliers come from. But let's, let's listen first to uh, a piece called Trees. This is by Oskar Rasbach. Well, that was Oscar Rushbach's Trees, and he, he based that on a poem. I don't remember. the. I think it was written by a woman. I'm not sure. But it was one of my mom's favorite poems. My mom was crazy about gardening. And um, when she heard that poem, she loved it. And then she found the recording of it. So that was one of the other songs that was added to our repertoire. She sang it to us constantly. She had a beautiful soprano voice. Yeah, and that was a, a cello version yes. with Julian Lloyd Webber. And I well remember his tour here. I was the conductor of his tour when he came here. And that was quite fun, going I'm around sure. the country with him. And I have to tell you, because the listeners will be amazed by this too, that uh, we went out for uh, dinner after one of the concerts. He had a Stradivarius cello. Now, there are not a lot of Stradivarius yeah. cellos. He had it, and um, he had his eye on someone in the party <laughs> and left at the end of the evening and left his cello in the restaurant. Uh, a Stradivarius cello. He was off partying somewhere else. <laughs> and so I ended up sort of taking his cello. And Very gingerly, I'm sure. <laughs> this was crazy. <laughs> and when did he realize he didn't have it? Well, no, then I just gave it to him the next morning. Oh, and he said, oh, I mean, thanks. He, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Literally, it was like that. Oh, gosh, yeah. that is amazing. It was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, one of the, the good things about this world that we inhabit of theater and music and concerts and things is these incredible people that you meet. Yeah, you do. Uh, and I'm sure you have, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I got when I got to university, there were people who I'd seen on TV um, who were teaching us. And Trudy Talliot was one of my teachers. And you just think, 
Wow, she's um, taken a bit of time off to come and teach me, you know. And oh. The fact that they were people who had worked in the industry, that was what made it so special for me, is that you just learned all kinds of, I mean, things like she would say, if you have a photo shoot, never wash your hair because the natural oils will actually make you look much, your hair work better. You know, and they were silly things, but they actually make so much sense. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I pass those, the same yeah. things on to my, the, the younger actors that I yeah. work with. Yeah, and, and, you know, we have photo shoots every day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but it's so true. You because uh, your hair is slightly out of control when you've just washed Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's flipping, all, flopping all over the place and uh, flipping, flopping. Flipping. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song like that: flip, flop, and fly. <laughs> and also, you've you've acted in various things. I see here on your list: Egoli, Sivandalan, Binalandas, all sorts of places. You've. Yeah made appearances you know when you're in this industry i don't know whether this happens to you richard but certainly it does my husband has said do not just say yes when people phone because and we see the same thing with young actors we'll say hello can you another yes and you say you don't know what i'm going to ask you to do you do have to diversify it's not the same as working in europe or countries where you can make a specialist career of being in children's theater or being just a voice artist you really have to spread yourself as far as you can and be a generalist Absolutely. Yeah. And, and certainly here in South Africa, those are the people who can make yeah. it, who, yeah. who can do all these yeah. different well, things. Well, we've been, we finished studying in 82, 84. So that's a long time. It's, um, yeah, 30 plus years of staying in the same industry. And we're still going. We're still going. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> the diehards. Yeah. Now, coming up is Jethro Tull. Let's listen to this and then you can tell us about it. Well, that was a fabulous medley of Jethro Tull songs played by the London Symphony Orchestra. And it includes my wedding march, the beret, which was, um, yeah, Ian Anderson, obviously a really good flautist. He was just astounding. And when we were deciding what we would have for our wedding, my husband said, well, we can't just have a boring thing. We're not boring people. Um, we have to have something slightly interesting. So my dad, who was an Anglican minister, <laughs> was walking me down the aisle, did have a quite a raised eyebrow as we started playing it but it starts out with the really nice uh, flute and then progresses into the last bit that you just yeah. heard so and and just tell us about the name hollier where do they come from right so we come from england originally um but i did do a search and find some awful things P i'm not going to say anything about this you can actually listeners can go and check it h-o-l-l-i-e-r um french and english um there's a very strong uh, line of a family now in canada and they actually invented a car, the Hollier car. So I went and had a look at this, and it's quite a nice car, actually. I wouldn't mind having one like that. This was at yeah. the stage that the Fords and whatever were coming out. So we do have a car called the Hollier. Um, yeah, my father, my grandfather left um, England and married a, a Buddha Macy. So, um, yeah, that's where yeah. that's where the family line comes from. You mean when you? I'm not sure, quite sure what you were meaning when you started this explanation. <laughs> but it sounds as though holliers might be people who who cut holly or something, or would haul things. Or one haul would think things. hauliers. Yes. However, um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. People okay. can just go and have a look at that. <laughs> H o double l i e r. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit scary seeing it. No, but I think that we probably were hauliers and yeah. pulled things along. Sadly, yeah. it doesn't seem to have any kind of um, royalty in my blood. Yeah. Uh, we've always been laborers and we've always been workers. And that's and, what we are. And certainly in the arts field, one is always going to be a worker. Absolutely. Because there's just actually, there's no end to it. No. Thank heavens. Yes, Thank absolutely. Heavens. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of work. You know, um, 
someone like Trevor Noah, people will watch him and think, wow, he's so funny. He spends hours researching his material. And he's preparing, preparing yeah. rehearsing every single thing that you see. He's presenting something that he's worked on. And making it look easy is part of the trick. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, we, when, when we were in the Sleeping Beauty, we actually um, we were in a little dressing room right up at the top of the, of the Alexander Theatre and had to run all the way downstairs because we'd been chatting and didn't realize that the time had approached and we were due to start. So we ran down and put it on each other's dresses, you know, fastening them as we got down, started, and it was, it was christening today, which was the first song. And someone's shoe flopped up and went through the air and landed on one of the other girl's heads she put her head down promptly. It fell on the floor and the next, and just stepped back into it. And Janice Honeyman had directed it. And someone was saying, wow, the detail that Janice puts into her shows. <laughs> so Janice took the credit for an accident that wasn't really planned. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and, and I suppose that's the art is learning to just take those in your stride, as it were. Go yeah. with the flow. Go you know, the There'll flow. be moments in a show that you think, do I remember the lyrics of the song? And it's a song that you've sung a hundred times and as soon as you think that you can't remember it so here comes hallelujah this is uh, a soulful celebration sure the energy isn't that wonderful i love that rendition it's fantastic now and you uh you must have had lots of energy when you started out with um what was your first show joseph was it well, that well, yeah, that had been sort of about five or six years. That before yeah. that, I'd done a lot of cabaret, doing uh, different performances. Again, as we yeah. said, anywhere yeah. that there was work, if someone you said came, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you said yes. Um, in fact, one evening I got back from a show that started at midnight. That was the time that we went on in Melville, and I got home probably at about two o'clock. And one of my neighbours said to me what is it that you do? And I said, I'm a singer and an actress. And he said, thank goodness, I thought you were a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> and and Joseph was a long-running show. And, and I see you've put something down here to be played from Joseph. I put it into who, it. Because, who, who directed that? Like I said, it was a 25th anniversary uh, yeah. performance and Richard Loring directed it. He had played the narrator. I think it had been one of his first big shows that he'd done in South Africa. So he was the director and Paul Buckby was um, Joseph. Ian van Memmity was the narrator. And oh, what a lovely show. It just really is. It's You know, the music is light, but it is just such interesting stuff to sing. Brian Schimmel was the conductor and added all his little bits and bobs. And doing nine months, a, a nine-month run, you get to know people really, really well. So we had such escapades and interesting things that happened, as you can imagine, <laughs> some which will remain unmentioned. Of course. But, um, yes, of course. Um, but, yeah, a lovely, lovely show. And this is one of the favorite songs. Of the, the, the song that I've chosen was really one of those pieces that when you performed it, you just knew the audience was on their feet dancing with you. That was uh, music by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, from Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob and Sons. And Joseph's <laughs> coat, of course, was the one about the colors. The choice of Shireen Hollier, who's my guest on People of Note tonight. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. It's just about 7 o'clock. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to People of Note on Classic 1027. It's just gone 7 o'clock. And my guest in tonight's program is Shireen Hollier, who's, as you may have heard, an announcer here on Classic 1027, but she's also an actress. And I see, amongst other things, you're a composer. 
Yes, I write songs, <laughs> not a composer as such, but I do love, I love writing educational things. So a lot of the programs that I've directed, people have asked for um, a song that describes something or just makes something more clear. And yeah, that's something that I love doing and, and specialize in. Gebrauchs music, music to be yeah, used. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you can get a, a, a little child singing a song about the one that I wrote is that my body is so special. Uh, it's just a fun thing rather than saying, um, let me keep my body away from other people. Yeah. And, you know, if you're singing it, you, you just know that that's a, yeah, it's actually called the body bop, that song yeah. specifically. Sort and they confidence learned, building yeah, things. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what it's about. And, and music, you know, this is such a, an amazing learning medium that if you can make kids learn those things in a fun way. Yeah, and they absorb them yeah. much better. Absolutely, yeah. much better. Much better. Now, and uh, I'm interested to see that a couple of your choices here are unaccompanied groups, which is how you sort of yeah. started off in this business too. With Well, not started off, but you did cut glass for so many years. And pentatonics are a fantastic group. They are. Now, when we were at one stage in our career, we'd done a lot of shows. We were performing at all the festivals. We did Grahamstown and the Car Guy in Car. And someone said, what about us entering a competition? So we entered the Concours Pan-Afrique de Sud, whatever it was. It was a very complicated name, um, where you had to really compete against countries, other African countries, um, doing really very specific work vocally. And we ended up winning it. And it wasn't because we were South African. It was because we had really worked our butts off to get there. Because you were good. Uh, yeah, well, we were. When I listened to it now, I think, wow, we really were good. You know, it, it, it was something that we really prided ourselves on. And what happened then is that we started touring. So we would go to countries like Finland or China or different countries, uh, Belgium. They loved us in Belgium. And you'd meet other a cappella singers and you'd meet other people doing the same type of work as you, but with a different slant. So when I listen to a group like Pentatonics, it's actually very similar to the style that we worked in. You know, when I listen to the King singers, people would stay in the same harmonies. Pentatonics messes around. They love doing, they do a lot of body perk as well. So that's, I just do really feel very close to that music when I hear it today. That was Pentatonics singing the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy by Tchaikovsky. And Shireen Hollier, who's my guest, was just saying that all the sounds made are real vocal sounds. Vocal, or you can use your body, but you don't yeah. ever pick up an instrument. So if you're going to do a hi-hat, you've got to get you've got to do that. You cannot actually bring an instrument in at any point. So give us some of the sounds. We've heard a hi-hat. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard it for so long, but um, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I'll think about it while That's a drum, right? That was a drum, yep. <laughs> Going through the different toms. Uh, I heard it. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. You haven't lost your touch yet. <laughs> I'll go away and rehearse for the next time. <laughs> no, but it's amazing. The experience that you have in a group like that First of all, it makes you very sensitive to the other people around you. You have to listen all the time, mm. balance, all of that stuff. And it's just a wonderful experience. I mean, singing in choirs or in groups is very, very special. I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, you see, yeah. absolutely, because you, you, as you say, you have to be working on your peripherals the entire time. You don't have, and when you're doing a cappella, you don't have any kind of instrumentation to assist you. So if your voice cracks at any point somebody else has got to step in someone's got to continue that 
we worked very closely. Eventually, we only worked with the same sound guy because you'd work with someone else and they'd manipulate and be pulling things down. And our balance at that stage was so tuned to what was necessary, specifically because it wasn't always the same person doing the lead harmony. Someone else would come in at some point and they wouldn't know. So they'd have pushed this person much louder and it would just affect the entire uh, beautiful blend which yeah. is what you're working for and and it's such an incredible team sport if you like yeah. team you really, sport I mean with, yeah. I, I keep telling my choir this is the best team sport you'll ever be part of because you have to be absolutely precise yeah. now my husband was a member of the Drakensberg voice choir and he has always said that exactly that to me just the fact that you learn at a very early age you learn to listen to other people which is a, a skill that not many people have anymore unfortunately in today's life the fact that you have to listen and that you have to tune your listening to what they're doing and then you react is actually a great lesson that you can use anywhere in life so here's a team that does that they're called voces eight and they're singing lux eterna by edward elgar you see a beautifully tuned chord like that just sounds so special, doesn't it? It's just so beautiful. I always think that the oldest instrument is the human voice. And it is astounding what people can do. I teach voice as well. And I always say to my students, the fact that you can go from a really soft voice to singing opera to the amazing things that we can do, that you can scream, that you can shout. A scream and a shout are very different. All the things that we can do with these four little vocal cords that, that sit in our throats, um, really astounding. And that's always why I say people, people say they're tone deaf. You're absolutely not tone deaf because you can hear the subtlest changes in a person's voice. They only have to say hello on the telephone and you know what, you know what the news is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's bad or good or cross or good mood or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, people's ears are tuned to very subtle changes. And they say they're tone deaf. Not yeah. true. Yeah. Just, so, I think they haven't learned to listen yeah. again. So any listeners out there, if you think that you're tone deaf, you are not. Okay. Sing in the shower and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm talking to Shireen Hollier here on Classic 1027 in People of Note. And we're going to hear now one of the groups that started off this whole unaccompanied sort of jazz style of singing, the Swingle Singers. They were wonderful under Ward Swingle. And this was one of their very early pieces that they did, The Air on a G-String by Bach. The wonderful Swingle Singers performing The Air on a G-String by Johann Sebastian Bach. That was one of the very early arrangements by Ward Swingle. And uh, it's on the program here because Shireen sang in a group similar to that called Cut Glass. And, but you don't sing anymore. Or do you? I do. I do. I, well, not professionally at the moment, but I do still have that show in my head. We are thinking of possibly doing a reunion concert, which would be fantastic. So we will let you know once we know about how many, that. How many years ago is it now that you did that? Um, probably about six years ago that we did one of the reunions. No, but how, when did it start? When, we year? started in 1990. So it's a long time ago. 1990 was when we started that group. Gosh, so it's nearly 30 years now. Nearly 30 oh, years. Oh, that's why you're going to have yeah, a 30 so we year. we could year. have, yeah, if we can still sing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're all a bit older now. Yes, we are. Yeah. We just do, we wear different outfits now. So. <laughs> and just tell us how the broadcasting started. I'd always been interested in radio. I when I was big one day, I was going to be a news reader, and I still love reading news. I do a lot of voice work and in studios. So I love being in studios anyway. 
and I was doing something on the on the PC, and an advert popped up. Listen, I was listening to to classic online, and up came this advert saying we're looking for new presenters. And I thought, well, what do I have to lose? So I phoned and didn't hear anything for months. And then I was doing something else, and Tommy, who works at the station, phoned me and said, we'd like to see you. So I came back in and did another audition and then was accepted as one of the as one of the new voices we call the chicklets um, <laughs> but i think that at the moment we have now progressed beyond that we are now the chicks <laughs> yeah well and especially when you've got uh, the morning show which you're doing at the moment and i guess you're enjoying it i'm loving certainly it certainly sounds like it i'm having such fun you yeah. know i can i can throw in all my silly little stories i love research i love finding out what happened i'm a bit of a history nut so i love finding out what happened on that day and Really, some of the things are the silliest things. You cannot believe. One of the, the, the pieces that, one of the most popular pieces on a radio show was a ventriloquist. And you think, why would that happen? But I have to share that with the listeners. Does, it's it, just does it make good radio? <laughs> <laughs> well, it obviously did. They must have enjoyed it. Yeah. How, well, I suppose ventriloquists do different voices also. So but, from that point of view. But it really is strange, Richard, because the part of the magic is the fact that the man is not moving yes, or the ventriloquist is not moving his, yeah. his mouth. So, well, it was a little bit strange. But anyway, I threw it in there for the listeners and they seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, so. That's good. And uh, was this the first time that you'd been sort of full-time on air yes well yeah. certainly live yeah which is a whole nother kettle of fish you have to cope with whatever i mean the traffic is a nightmare because things just pop out up onto that screen so if anyone's listening that's why the traffic is sometimes not that yeah. good you'll you'll refresh the button and 22 new things have happened on the roads and people are crashing into each other and cars have broken down and the rain's affecting things and you're reading that live as it's the first time you've as seen it yeah. as it's appearing plus you also have to be scrolling down and I'm not very technically advanced uh, in by any means you've got to be doing that and then knowing that you're going into the next song so technically there are a lot of things riding on that because yeah, I'm sure in days gone by there would have been someone doing the technical side and you would have just been the person on air well i was told the other day when i said this is quite hard you do know that people used to even have to play their own albums when they were on air so <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's lovely yeah. it's lovely to have learned it uh it was a bit, bit terrifying at first yeah. but um anyway you're enjoying up and it running, now yes i'm loving fantastic. it loving it now we're going to hear the soweto string quartet Mangwanem pulele this is a traditional sutu song the Soweto String Quartet with Mangwene Mpulele, a traditional Sutu song. Now, one of the things that uh, I certainly find interesting, because uh, I go through a lot of music on my full works programs and so on, is actually all the different music that you come across. And, and it's a great learning experience. Yes, yes. I mean, not just the technical stuff, but, you know, the actual music. Yes. Um, just and learning what huge stars the composers were in their day. You know, Johann Strauss was playing to audiences in America of 100,000 people. And we thinking, ah, oh, you know, this, uh, this singer is a, a big star. They were big stars. People were, how amazing must it have been to hear a Bach piece for the first time in your church? You've just gone to church and you hear this master's work. Yeah. yeah, I've loved listening to all the different styles of music, yeah. and I'm I'm really enjoying now listening to a lot of the newer music, which is coming being composed for video games and for movie soundtracks. Those are beautiful orchestral works that are just popping up here and there. You know. Yeah, and what's wonderful is that if you can share that enthusiasm with the listeners, that's half the story. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
Yeah, because I, I, we were just talking about this actually the other day about how radio actually is, it's a very intimate medium because basically you're talking one on one with mm. someone, uh, and yet you are broadcasting, as it were. I mean, it's it's almost the wrong name, yes. broadcasting. Because you are actually speaking to one person at a time. Yes. Yeah. That's actually lovely, and I yeah. Yeah. Very very nice because you are you are communicating with someone. I, I remember listening to uh, John Robbie speaking once about when he started broadcasting, and he said he found it incredibly difficult because he was speaking to the masses. And someone suggested that he just put a photograph on the other side of a person, which made all the difference because suddenly you're speaking just to that person. That's the only thing yeah. that, they, that they are going on is your voice and what you're telling them. Yeah. And you really need to be interested in getting that message across. Yeah. And if, if you're interested in it, that will carry across the airwaves. And talking of new music that's being written, here's one by Vota Kellerman. It's called Soweto Travels. Soweto Travels by Vota Kellerman, featuring him on flute. And I think he's been in the studios here talking about his... Uh, his new CDs and what he does, he certainly gets around with his music too. What a wonderful Amazing. artist yeah. and just so committed to the music and encouraging and including other people in his works and giving us a South African, I love South African music. Something that is interesting to me is that growing up, you weren't that proud of being South African. You know, we never thought of going to watch a South African movie. My daughter will choose that over anything else. She'll listen to the South African piece of music. She'll watch the South African movie. And we really are on a world stage. When I listen, while I'm listening to the music that we're playing on Classic 1027, I'm listening to musicians from Boston and from Slovakia. And then I listen to the music here. There's no difference. Our musicians are world, world class and better very often. Very often, yeah. Especially our singers now who are doing so well all over the place. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, that voice pretty in there is yeah. just <laughs> in a class of her. Yeah. And... You know, when the Drakis used to travel, I'm just, I'm looking, your your next piece is O Fortuna, and it reminds me always of the Drakis, because I've worked with them on many occasions. And that's one of the things we recorded with them some years ago. And they were often voted the best choir wherever they went to take part in things. And under Bunny Ashley Boerter, they were absolutely first rate. Yes, well, they've just won, last year they won the World Choir Games. Yeah. They were the best in the world yeah. and they're really you know I guess and I have to tell you because my husband was there <laughs> my husband was there in I think 1970 he and his brother younger brother were there so he just loves the school and we often we always go back to the Drakensberg for holidays and he would go and show us the school 10 years after our daughter was born we had a light Lamiki who is a son and he my husband sings in the old boys choir and was doing Carmina Burana for one of their old boys' performances at Music in the Mountains. Went to the rehearsal, said to my son, who at that stage was 10 years old, you can come along and bring a soccer ball or something. You're not going to want to listen to the music. He got home and said to me, he never left the rehearsal room. <laughs> he was humming the melodies on the way home. He knew the lyrics. Sadly, um, because of that, he then consequently auditioned for the Drakensberg Boys Choir and got in, which means that he's now no longer with me at home, which is not very good for a mother. But absolutely loving it. And it all happened because he walked out of that performance. He had enjoyed the music, but he walked out of that performance with those, I don't know if you had this, I certainly had, I watched a show and said, that is what I'm going to do. Yeah. He walked out of that little amphitheater the, the that they've got at the school and said, 
this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. And does now. Does he play as well? He's learning to play. He's come back with all kinds of musical knowledge. Um, he would love to do piano, so he will be doing lessons. But I know that you had um, the, the conductor, the head conductor on the show a while ago, and they don't like the boys to do too many other things in their first year. There's just so much that they have to get through. You know, th- these boys have stepped out of a normal school where yeah. they were just possibly singing in the choir once a week to rehearsing. Last night I chatted to him on the phone and they are they were rehearsing until 10 o'clock at night sometimes. They work really hard. That's why they're so good. Well, and I've just been working with them uh, in Cape Town on Starlight Classics. And they're always a joy to have around because they're so bubbly and full of energy. That's it's, so focused as well, considering focused. that they are between the ages of 10 and 16. Those boys are, they put some professionals to shame, actually, with the capacity for hard work that they have. Well, I remember that from when I was uh, singing in a cathedral choir in England where the boys were aged between 7 and 13. And, boy, they could work. Mm. And they did work, like, very, very hard, day by day. Anyway, this is the piece that got him hooked and probably your husband as well. O Fortuna from Carmine Burana by Karl Orff, the Montreal Symphony Orchestra and Chorus under Charles Dutois. The choice of Shireen Hollier, who is my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. It's broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. And one of the pieces that uh, has become very popular with choirs and uh, all sorts of choirs here it's sung by the Soweto Gospel Choir, but it's a piece actually from Kenya. Uh, it's the Lord's Prayer in, I don't know, which Swahili, language? Swahili, it's in Swahili. Yeah. It's called Baba Yetu, and this is another piece actually. We we're talking about Starlight Classics, which we've used several times now at Starlight Classics. It's a very popular piece, and I'm sure the Drakis sing it as well. I I've haven't no heard I'd, them yet, I'm, probably I, they I do. I think I have no doubt that they sing it. Baba Yetu, this is with Soweto Gospel Choir and the Joburg Festival Orchestra. Baba Yetu with the Soweto Gospel Choir, the composer is Christopher Tin and the Joburg Festival Orchestra. And that was actually recorded at a Starlight Classics. And it's amazing that we can we can get these on um Classic One O Two Seven now because we we recorded them for actually for a TV broadcast, but they made some some off takes for radio, which was really nice. So, and we were talking about Starlight Classics and the Drakis taking part, and then and they've been in it many times. Um, in Christian Ashley Boerter's day, they were there probably five or six times at Starlight Classics. So they were a regular feature. And this year they were in it again. So we hope they come back so that your son can appear Wouldn't on the it, Starlight. Please, can stage. you use him in the Johannesburg? <laughs> to see my boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually coming home for midterm and we cannot wait. It's, yeah. it's very hard having him is, so far away. Is this away. his first term? It's No, he did last year, okay. um, but this will be his first midterm that he's back this year, so it's very hard having them so far away from you. I know. But but you can go, it's not that far. You could go down for a weekend to you listen to can. concerts and things. You can, but you know they don't like you to be there too yeah, much because yeah. they work all the yeah, time. yeah. So sometimes when you go, you disrupt that entire process. You can. You obviously can go at uh, most times, except when they've got rehearsals. Then they are very strict about it. Now we're going to hear Mozart 40. This is a piece I'm sure you have on your programs in the morning too. This is the Joburg Festival Orchestra again. 
That was the first movement of the Symphony Number no. 40 by Mozart, played by the Joburg Festival Orchestra. One of the other lovely things that I feel about Classic 1027 is they play, well, we were talking about South African performances of things, which I think is really important, so that we can see what we do here. It is very important. Yeah. And tell us about your final choice, because we're just about on that now. We've got a couple of minutes, and it's James Horner. Yes, it comes from the film Troy, um, which I haven't seen <laughs> because it seems very long. But it's called Remember, and it's sung by Josh Groban, who just has the most beautiful voice. It's one of those huge epic numbers. Um, we lost a very dear friend a, a few years ago, and I was asked to sing something at his funeral, his, his memorial service. And I didn't end up singing that because it's just too big, and when you're emotional, it does make it very hard to sing. But it's one of those pieces that I think just everyone finds something in. Just the soaring vocals, the beauty of the what the musicians are doing. So that's it's why a bit like the anthem in chess. It is. It is because that's such a big number and a powerful number, and it is amazing how music can just grip you. Yeah, it yeah. drives what what the music, where the music takes you to, is always what I love listening to, and just that I can listen to a piece that I've heard fifty times and still be moved by it is astounding to yeah. me. And that's, I guess, why we like Classic 1027, because it does that. The music does that to you. And so uh, we're going to play now Remember from Troy, the music by James Horner. That was Remember, music by James Horner. It's from Troy, and that was Josh Groban and Tanya Tsarovska with the orchestra conducted by James Horner, the composer. And that was the final choice of Shireen Hollier, who's been my guest in People of Note, the program that you've been listening to on Classic 1027. I'll be back each weekday evening at 8 with full work, so I hope to have your company then. And let's just say a very big thank you to Shireen for being on the program. Thank you so much for asking me. It's been lovely. It's a great pleasure. And you'll hear her tomorrow morning. 6 o'clock, bright Six and early. There you go. So do join her then, 6 o'clock tomorrow morning, and I'm glad you got to know her a bit on this program, People of Note. And from all of us here at Classic 1027, with thanks to Pete Buerta for helping us put it all together, we say a very good night.